Alrighty, welcome back everybody from the long, long hiatus that we had. Uh, I really do appreciate everyone that's tuning back in. I'm really excited to be back, uh, and I know I've had a, uh, the last couple episodes um, where, you know, pretty much said the same thing, that, you know, we're back and that we're going to get back into things, but uh, I'm just going to start it off and just kind of get it out there and out of the way. Um, uh, something pretty pretty terrible happened to me and my family. I'm not going to go into details, and I do. Uh, I under, uh, I appreciate everyone because I know you guys won't dig and try to pull it out of me, but it was about one of the most awful things you could imagine um, uh, to happen to a family, um, uh, and I'll leave it at that. But that is kind of why I've been on uh, such a long break after being so hyped about being back with the last couple episodes, uh, but um, I think I'm in a good spot right now to easily get a, uh, a show once a weekend. Um, as long as nothing has changed, uh, I'll, I'll throw this out there right, uh, right away as well. We do have plans to have Adam Lavelle on, on uh, I believe Wednesday at some time. I'd have to look at my calendar. But uh, stay tuned for that. Um, so I'm really excited about that show. Uh, I believe Brett will also be on for that one. Um, so unless uh, unless we need to reschedule or something, you know, and Adam's a very busy guy, uh, you know, doing so much for the community. Uh, so no no promises, but that is what is scheduled and planned for this coming week. Um, so with that said, I am super excited to talk about uh, the topic tonight, which is the new units that just dropped. Uh, on with me tonight, I have Spencer to discuss all the new units. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to talk about these handful of units and at one attachment. Yeah. And for those that don't know Spencer, uh, you know, Spencer is a local. Um, I've known Spencer since I was in kindergarten. Uh, and, you know, Spencer's a really good player uh, at our last local. Um, he took first place. Uh, you know, he does really well at uh, at our tournaments and does uh, pretty well at bigger events. Um, so I know, you know, he may be more of an unknown name because uh, he's not, like, you know, terminally online uh, for the, like, uh, the Facebook po uh, pages like I am or Brett is. Um, but, you know, our last tournament, uh, uh, he crushing victoried me and uh, Edge Hopper, um, or Brian, if you guys know him uh, in person, uh, which Brian's also a really good player. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Some people, you know, when if it can be kind of critical of uh, people's opinion based on, you know, whether or not they think someone is good enough. And I know not everyone's like that. And I know a majority of you guys listening in probably could care less. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, give Spencer his uh, his dues and give a little background for those that are maybe tuning in that don't really uh, know uh, Spencer in person yet. Anyways, with that said, we can jump right into it. Um, we're going to talk about all the new units, starting with, uh, let me pull up the image here. We're going to start with the Giant Spear Throwers. Um, I like the stats of this thing. I'll throw it out there that I'm not, like, super fond of the model and, like, 
you know, just giants hurtling spears. I know some people are stoked for it. When I saw it being the next Free Folk unit, I just kind of said, eh, you know, it is what it is. But as far as the stats go, I really like the stats. Um, it's not some, like, game-breaking, you know, new thing that's, uh, you know, going to put, you know, Free Folk at the top or nothing. But I I like it. I like the what it kind of brings to the faction. Um, I know everyone's kind of uh, torn between this guy. Uh, I'll start it off by just saying that uh, these guys, personally, I like them better than the generic giant. I know a lot of people are probably thinking I'm crazy, uh, and the reason I do is they have a lot more, in my opinion, flexibility. I feel like the, the generic giants right now, they're too easy to play around in a lot of scenarios. You can kind of like avoid damaging them. Um, you know, to, so that they're not really hitting you very hard. Uh, and then you almost feel like, man, if I damage them, they're only going to get stronger. Uh, so you just kind of dance around them or play around them. These guys, you know, if you charge into them, you know, they still have uh, three dice, hitting on threes, sundering, vicious. Um, you know, they're not amazing in melee, but I don't think they're they're not really meant to be. But you can still have them be uh, with like a gang up. Um, you can still have them be a two up, uh, four dice on a two up with vicious sundering. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's nothing to, you know, scoff at. Or uh, you can even combo like Lady Val and retreat for free and then throw your spear anyways. I think this is also a much-needed answer to, uh, you know, so, like the cavalry because uh, it has the range uh, only where defenders do not roll defense saves, that the defender is cavalry monster or a war machine. Instead, it suffers two wounds for each hit. may also suffer up to minus three to ignore a line of sight and gain unlimited range. Um, another thing to keep in mind is this is a great answer to... Uh, to the stone thrower, in my opinion, you know, three dice hitting on sixes, and you only need one to hit uh, to do a couple wounds. You know, granted, you may have to spend however many attacks to kill that stone thrower, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, the stone thrower cannot target solos. Um, let me pull that up. To uh, I've played against stone throwers, but I never have like solos to you know. It's been a long time since I looked up what they can't, yeah, cannot attack solos. So, you know, Stone Thrower's been very popular. I faced two at Nationals, uh, and one of them, uh, I got really, really good rolls and kind of demolished them. But one, my match on stream, if people were watching, you know, I, I kind of barely won that one. Uh, you know, Stone Throwers are really strong, uh, and this guy is, in my opinion, a great answer. Um, because you can just start throwing your spears at it from the start of the game, and the stone thrower can't throw or the stone thrower can't target you back. Um, so I like it. I think it's fair at seven points. I think maybe the giant spear melee portion should maybe have had four dice. You, again, you don't want to make the melee too good. Because if the melee is too good, then you know you you kind of defeat the purpose of it being that ranged uh, attack or that ranged roll. Uh, and then you, you know, you ask yourself, is there any point to running the other 
the melee version. So, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to echo echo you a little bit. I was going to say the same thing actually about the melee dice. I thought it should be a four, maybe five, with play testing to find out if it's if five was too much. But I thought at least four. Uh, overall, I look at this unit and I kind of agree with you where I like it over the me- the generic melee. Uh, I do think this could work as a one of in one of your tournament lists, kind of as a deterrent. Oh, I see they got a bunch of cavalry. I'll bring that list to have the stone thrower or the spear thrower to, to hit them and try to knock them down quickly. Uh, overall, I like it. It's just I don't see taking more than one. I just, I don't see it. Um, It's kind of too expensive. And if they do get locked up in melee, their melee is kind of too weak. But like you said, they do have an answer with a Lady Val to back them out. Um, But there's also answers in the game to Lady Val. So hit or miss. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I, I like it on the whole. It's just, I don't see it breaking free folk I don't see it really drastically changing Free Folk. It's just another tool in the arsenal for Free Folk players. Agreed. Um, I'm trying to look up some of the Free Folk like combos that you can maybe do with this. Uh, I'm sure anyone who uh, is listening in, definitely go check out Turning Grounds. I'm sure they'll be covering it on Monday uh, and Mickey will have some awesome insights on some of the, sure, you know, combos. I'm sure Mance for uh, predictable maneuvers to get off the free attack could be good. Yep. Um, just trying to see if, uh, let's see. It'd be funny. You could always replace its uh, ranged attack to throw a, 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 a boulder. Uh, hurl, hurl a boulder. <laughs> yeah, I saw the, the boulder's kind of worse, I think. Uh, it is. I'm, I'm just joking. I feared that'd okay. be a funny thing you could do. Um, let's see. Uh, rattle shirt's not really gonna work. Um, stire not really gonna work. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most of these things are infantry and cavalry that they benefit, not monsters. Um, yep. You're really looking at Mag as commander is going to really give some benefits. I think that um, might be about it. I mean, Harma for a swift reposition and some retreat cards. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Um, Tormund, counter-assault. After an enemy completes a melee attack, target one friendly combat unit. Other than the defender, they perform one attack or charge action on the attacker. So uh, you just need to be in long range of whatever your things that got charged, especially if it's like Lance Cav that you throw some raiders up there and they try to charge in to obliterate it. And uh, That or send warriors for a taunt. Yep. Um and I think that could be a cool uh, combo that your opponent's not expecting. Because um, other than, if I'm not mistaken, it's the first long-ranged uh, attack that uh, Free Folk have. And not only that, uh, technically you could do it on limited range. <laughs> That'd be yep. pretty funny to 
you know, I think it's actually going to have same thing with the stone thrower. You're going to see it pretty often round one where they'll just be like, yeah, we'll just unlimited range throw, throw three dice at something. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, Varamir is, is animals only, him and his animals. So really, it's you're looking at, like you were saying, predictable maneuvers with Mance or uh, the counter assault with Tormund is going to be, I think, the only cards that really are going to combo with the stone thr- or with the spear thrower here. Um, again, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's just fine. Um, probably never going to see more than one, but I think, uh, um, I could see this guy being in, you know, the tunnel list. Maybe not like all over the place all the time, but I think, uh, I would not, like if I was playing against someone in a tournament and I saw this guy, I would not be surprised. Um. All yeah, right, I would agree. See. Uh, as a oh, yeah. Do you have any anything else you wanted to add to it? Yeah, I'll echo again. Harma's got hit and run and switch reposition to try and maybe get him up, you know, surprise an opponent with a, oh, I'm, you're out of range. And then you go switch reposition, get in range and shoot. Uh, otherwise, yes, I see this as a, I wouldn't be, like, I'll echo, I wouldn't be surprised to see this as a one of in one list for a tournament. Yep. I think it shores up a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a couple of the weaknesses of Free Folk, which, uh, you know, I think that universally that's a good thing with every faction. <clears throat> All right. Next up we'll talk about is the Baratheon Halberdiers, and uh, you being, uh, you know, Baratheons being your, your main faction, uh, I'll let you kind of take it away on this one. All right. So the Baratheon Halberdiers are six points. They have five movement. They hit on a four plus with seven, seven, four for dice. They have a three up armor and a six up morale. They come with taunt. So when an enemy uh, order, when an enemy in long range activates, if that enemy could attack or charge this unit and declares any action other than an attack or charge that targets this unit before performing that action, that enemy becomes weakened and vulnerable. And then they have sundering as well. The big thing to, to highlight is. This is only the second un- uh, second non-unique unit that has a three-up armor and a five-inch move. Uh, the Lannister Honor Guard or Castle Rock Honor Guard are the other uh, unit that does this. So I guess the thoughts I'm going to have is this unit is a mixed bag. At six points, it's cheap, but it's not really cheap. Taunt is a good ability. It's a I've been playing around a lot with uh, Renly Loyalty Bryce Caron, uh, one-point attachment, who also gives taunt. It's fun. It's useful. But this unit doesn't really have a way to punish an enemy that does decide to charge or attack you. Um, Thundering, hitting on fours with seven dice, I've had to play with that for a long time with Sentinels. It doesn't do a lot of damage if you don't have rerolls. So if your opponent does charge you, you're a three-up armor, basically, is what you have trying to keep you alive. Um, There are combos you can do with this. Uh, Like I said, taunt is a very good ability. I feel like the unit's going to struggle to punish opponents that do decide to charge you, though. That being said, Rightful Air will like this unit, uh, because if your opponent isn't charging you, you're putting out more tokens. Rightful Air has two cards. Uh, that care about tokens being on the board or on units that it can 
benefit from. Uh, I think if you use this unit to put your opponent in a tough position of, do you charge this unit from the taunt, or do you charge a unit that's maybe on an objective and put them in that bind of, well, I want to charge the unit and contest an objective, but I'm now going to have to do it with a weakened token, maybe blunt their attack, and now they don't contest the objective. There's there's a lot you could do with this. Uh, I have a minor issue in that at six points, though, you can't really put an attachment in it to make it dangerous. With a Master Warden one-point attachment, we could give this unit hold the line and then punish opponents who do charge us. But now you're in the seven-point range, and it starts to get pretty pricey to do that, and you're still not doing much damage with your actual attack. Um, so it's, it's in a, a wonky spot. That being said, I do think this unit will... Is very good to be a one of in a, in, in a lot of lists. There's there's several things you can do with it. Uh, Renly will like it, even though you have the the one point attachment already. There there's stuff you can do with it. Uh, Renly charismatic air to to give morale buffs among other things. Um, you can give uh, Renly Lord Paramount also has a counter charge like a card. So you go taunt. Oh, you come at me now. Renly can do his counter attack card. Um, Elden, I think, could be a good bunker for this because it gives you Harden and a Vulnerable. And then if they do charge you, you have Martial Superiority as a card. Um, I I feel like Renly, or sorry, Stannis Loyalty should like it more. But the more and more I looked at it, the more I'm struggling to find the good combo that it would really work with other than Rightful Air. So I... My issue with the unit is that it's a mixed bag, but I don't think it should, you know, go over people's heads that this is a three-up armor unit that has a five movement. Still can use it to move block and just be a three-up, six-up, you know, unit that can just move, you know, position block things. Uh, there, there's, there's potential with this unit, but I feel like until I play with it on the field, it's hard to d- declare if it's actually a good unit or not. My initial impression of it is it's slightly overcosted and may need like a half point ability like stubborn tenacity added to it. And I think that's what I'll wrap up with and pass it over to you. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing as far as like um you know, I think it just needs that little bit of extra, just something uh does have space on the card for like one more small ability uh i think um i mean you probably wouldn't be able to uh fit both but it would be really cool this being a um loyalty neutral unit if it had dauntless for runly loyalty and stubborn tenacity for uh um stannis loyalty uh I think that would be a really cool uh, way to make it a um, loyalty-neutral unit still have some sort of, um, you know, fit in with either loyalty. To, you know, outside of what I think would kind of bring it up to that six-point level, the reason I feel like it needs to have that little extra is kind of what you already mentioned here or there. 
if you compare these guys to either Then warriors or to even within their own faction sentinels, in a lot of cases, they're paying one full point for one extra armor. Um, and I just don't think that that's worth one full point. Um, so because you're looking at sentinels have uh, just, they have the same move, almost the same attack profile, just one less die on second rank. Um, Two. They go to five dice at second rank? Yes. When they drop them to five points, they also change the second rank down to five dice instead of six. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then maybe it isn't nearly as bad as I thought in comparison to Sentinels. Um, but Haunt, I think, is a much better ability than Sentinel. Granted, I do love Sentinel. I personally find that it's quite annoying um, when I play against it. Um and it can set up for some really uh, really good uh, combos. But Taunt, those tokens, it's almost like if you play this unit right, Taunt ends up basically being a better war cry, in my opinion, because I think Weakened Vulnerable is better than Vulnerable Panic, especially in Baratheons where they don't have a whole lot of access to Weaken. Um, so I think... Uh, yeah, and it's a much easier trigger. Um, you know, it's just when your enemy activates, you're you're not uh, trying to make a morale test or trying to put, you know, it comes on the unit, so it's not you're paying a point to put an attachment with Warcry in the unit or then needing to put it in a unit with a great morale. It's just, you know, just kind of happens, especially if you just are at exactly what they would need to get charge you so like on a six then in, and you have better targets in front it's almost a guaranteed two tokens every uh every round which i think is amazing um but yeah i think uh just some small little extra something because like you were saying there's if they actually do charge this unit there's not a whole lot that you know they need to be scared of you know um they're, you're too defensive to, like, you know, decimate the unit on a charge, so you don't really have to worry about final strike in most cases. Um, but you're going to do enough damage. Um, granted, they won't drop dice, but as you were saying, without rerolls and uh, you know, four dice uh, or seven dice hitting on fours, granted with sundering, uh, is not going to do a whole lot. And do you really want to use a uh, um, uh, ours is the fury on this unit? Probably not for those rerolls. You're probably going to save it for something else in your army. Um, in that case, so sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. In that case, that is where sustained assault might come in, because then you would get the rerolls from sustained assault by being down a rank. Yep. Um, so that is a possibility. Or they do exactly three wounds to you, and then. <laughs> And then now, then you just uh, yeah. Um, if you haven't already pitched sustained assault before they charge you, um, <laughs> you know, knowing uh, knowing most Baratheon players' luck, they'll have sustained assault sit in their hand. They'll just ditch it, draw new cards, and then the very next round get charged and be like, "Oh, I could have used that." Well, um, in my case, I seem to draw it right after I pitch it. So. <laughs> um. 
But, I mean, overall, I don't think there's a whole lot more to this unit. Uh, I will also mention, like you did, the five move on a three armor unit uh, is, no, is not something to uh, um, overlook. Uh, other than the specialty units, I don't think there's a single three-up armor, five-move uh, infantry, like 12, you know, a normal infantry uh, unit in the game. Because I know I think like 1-1 one, one, uh, has a three-up armor and a five-move, something like that. You know, I don't really count. Um, but like a 12-strong a um, generic uh, unit, I don't think there's anything with a five-move and a three-up save. Um, everything else is like honor guards, you know, limit ones sort of a thing. All right. Um, next up, we got the Stony Shore Pillagers and the Sunset Sea Brave. Such a weird name. <laughs> it's going to be a tongue twister no matter how many times I say it. Um, so first, we got the Stony Shore Pillagers. Uh, as I'm not sure a lot of you already know, um, outside of Martell's, uh, Greyjoys are like my go-to um, uh, faction. So I'm actually kind of excited for these guys uh, a lot more than I was uh, for the um, uh, Lysine sellswords. Um, granted, those are neutrals that kind of fit in with uh, Greyjoys, but not as much anymore with the update. Anyways, the Stony Shore Pillagers have a five move. They have a uh, attack profi- uh, melee attack profile of 754 hitting on fours, a four-up armor, which is crazy for the way their image looks and in Greyjoys, and a six-up morale. And they have an order called Scavenge. After an enemy completes an attack on this unit, this unit gains one pillage token. And then they have a melee uh, ability, which gives them precision. And after completing a melee attack, remove any number of pillage from this unit. For each token removed, this unit restores two wounds. Um, So this unit, I think, is really good. Uh, I think it completely pushes um, Lysine sellswords completely out of the picture. It's like the whole point of them over, uh, in my opinion, taking Lysine cell swords over maybe like Reavers was the fact they have precision instead of Sundering, so it helps you against certain, um, you know, matchups where the Sundering just isn't enough and you need to rely on just re-rolls with a bunch of sixes to just, you know, kill something. Uh, The fact that guys at the same point have the precision and have, excuse me, and have... um, uh, that four-up armor. Granted, if I'm not mistaken, they hit on fours, whereas the Lysine Soul Swords hit on threes. Um, but uh, the fact that they can basically gain pillage over and over and over. Uh, my initial, very first thought, even though more I look at these guys, I could see you running like two of them. My initial thought was this unit is absolutely perfect for Eric uh, Ironmaker Commander. You put him in this unit, so now... Uh, they have divide the spoils. Every time they, uh, you take uh, the, bat, uh, the wealth zone, they'll get a pillage, and you can pass that pillage. Every time they get attacked, they'll get a pillage, and you can pass that pillage. Uh, now, granted, you might want those pillages for the uh, ability of healing, um, but 
uh, I think it just gives you options. It gives you options to pass those. Uh, giving this unit divide the spoils through Eric uh, Commander uh, gives you a lot of options. Um, and they're fairly survivable. Pillage makes them a five-up morale. Uh, and then two pillage is going to give them, you know, their attack dice is going to be eight, uh, six, five. So these guys aren't going to be, like, super offensive by any means, but I think they're going to be an amazing support piece, uh, especially with Eric. Uh, and I think even if you're not healing through their attack ability by removing pillage, I think... Uh, um, um, whatchamacallit, I think that you can um, uh, heal them in other ways. You know, pass those pillage out at first, heal them with, like, uh, raiding call or something else, and then, um, uh, whatchamacallit, and then once you kind of pass those pillage out to everyone else, you can uh, just start stacking them up and then using abundant promises um, especially if you can get multiple pillage all at once you know let's say they attack you you take some damage you get a pillage you take the wellstone heal them up three you get another pillage from eric being in there with his ability you now have two pillage you then attack you then get four back so that's seven back off of healing with the bag and then attacking um now i do wish uh uh, it does say after completing the attack. So keep in mind, you will still have the plus one attack die if you have two um, pillage on you. Um, but also keep in mind that means that if you're at two ranks or one rank uh, be, uh, after getting hit, that you'll be attacking at that. You know, the healing's going to come after. But still, I think this unit, is, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely going to be buying two of it uh, and probably getting them painted up right away because... My, uh, out of all my armies, my Greyjoys are like 98% painted. All I have left are some of the Drowned Men and the, the Drowned Prophets to paint up. All right. After that long uh, spiel, what, uh, what do you think of these guys? I mostly agree. Uh, it's a surprisingly durable unit in Greyjoys for only five points. Uh, I definitely am going to have lists with at least one of these. Uh, another thing, though, I did want to point out is, and I thought you were about to actually touch on it, the timing of the heal from completing a melee attack, it's the same timing as when you would gain a pillage from hurting something, or from attacking. So you can actually choose the order, meaning if you're already at two pillage and are wounded, you can go, okay, I took out a rank, I'll expend one pillage to heal to, and then regain the pillage after the attack. So you can keep your pillage pretty easily. Um, yep, that's a great point. So I, I think this is a really nice unit. I think it has nice comboing, or not, well, not just comboing. In fact, it does have nice comboing. But it does also bring a different flavor to the uh, to just, you know, staying cheap with even Raiders, or uh, Reavers, where they kind of have pros and cons to each other that make them pretty even. So I really like Reavers. I know you really like Reavers. I think they're a really strong unit for their cost. This unit, I think, challenges them, and you can justify having possibly one of each unit in list right now because they bring different things to the table. 
uh, I'm looking forward to playing with this unit. I don't play Greyjoys anywhere near as much as you do, but I do play it on occasion, and this looks like a fun unit to add to list. Yeah, I mean, uh, we. Uh, I part of me wanted to talk about this one last because this is probably the one I'm easily the most excited for. I think uh, Simon um, did a, a great job uh, designing this unit. Now, question will be, will they be way too good for five points? Because I, I don't think they're that good in the sense that you're going to want to just run nothing but these guys. Because, again, they do lack that offensive punch um, with not a whole lot of ways to increase that punch in the Greyjoy faction. Um, just the amount of healing this unit's going to do, I think, is going to rival old, old school uh, poor fellows. Um, and I think that will frustrate a lot of people. Uh, so my prediction, even though I don't know, my prediction is that they will be a, a little too good for five points um, be, because of a lot of the combos I was mentioning and then, uh, and then the great point you made about the timing of being able to, uh, you know, basically heal automatically almost off of an attack and then just get it's almost like free healing uh, because you'll get the pillage back um, so that's kind of my prediction not necessarily that I think they're too good um, but I think they might get a nerf um, a little quicker than most might anticipate because I think they might fall into that old-school uh, poor fellow category just the amount of healing that Greyjoys already do is pretty crazy um and like i said uh i think a perfect bunker for aaron iron maker because i have a current list right now that has uh eric um i think it's like two silencemen um one bowman and one reaver the reaver doesn't have eric at the moment uh but with these guys i might even just swap the Reavers to these guys, then instead of putting Eric in one of the two silencemen, I'll just put Eric in this unit. And then uh, and then that frees up me being able to put uh, the better attachment in the second silenceman, because I believe all th um, all four of my units have, uh, have an attachment in that list. Um, and it's similar to an Asha list I have, so anyone that's maybe sitting there thinking, man, that doesn't sound all that great. It, uh, it su works surprisingly well, um, especially, you know, when the Bowmen are such a fragile unit. You think, man, it's only like three real units. Um, but it, uh, the amount of healing in Greyjoys right now is just insane. Um, so, uh, and then next up to talk about is the attachment, which uh, Can you, is the sorry. sun... Go going back to the pillagers real quick, can you imagine how annoying this unit's going to be if you, for one point, throw a War Sworn for Fuel by Slaughter to this unit? Oh, yeah. Uh, I it's mean... going to be insane. I mean, think about it. You're on in bows to just throw one pillage over to him right away and then just move him onto an objective. There'll be a four-up armor, five-up morale. Just move him onto an objective, and you don't even care. Go ahead. Come attack me. I'll get my second pillage from you attacking me. And then when I attack, I'm immediately going to expend a pillage and as long as I do some wounds, I'm gonna, 
you're, you're just going to heal all the damage that you took while you're sitting on an objective. Yep. Yeah, and um, I think, the again, the amount of healing that's going to be taking place with this unit combined with the amount of healing that Greyjoy is already going to be kind of nuts. Um, all right, so the Sunset Sea Brave, he's a one-point detachment, uh, has iron credit. Each time a friendly unit in short range gains a pillage token, place one order token on this unit. Before this unit performs a melee attack, you may discard up to two pillage tokens from this card to gain the following effects, uh, which can be accumulative. Uh, one or more, you may restore, uh, remove one condition token from this unit. Uh, and if you do two, uh, this unit rolls its highest attack die value. Sorry, you just grabbed that wrong. So it's, you may discard up to two order tokens. You said pillage tokens. You may discard up to two order tokens from this card. Oh, the order tokens yeah. you're gaining when you gain pillage tokens in short range. Yep, that's what I meant. Um, uh, so yes, uh, you're you're not discarding the pill, your pillage tokens. You'll still have those. Uh, you're discarding the order tokens um, that you place on this attachment, uh, which will give you the either removing condition tokens uh, from this unit or giving them the highest and or giving them the highest attack die value. Um, now, if I'm not mistaken, you can't choose uh, either effect. You have to discard. Um, two to get the highest attack die value. Um, that's how I'm reading it as well. Yeah, so that's why the first one says one or more, and the second one says two, and then in the parentheses that says effects are cumulative. So basically, if you remove one order token, uh, you get to remove a condition on them, and if you remove two, you'll get to remove a condition and roll your highest attack die. All right. Now to the potential combo of this unit. Now this is something that me, uh, that Spencer brought up uh, before the show, and that we kind of discussed a little bit, and that's the uh, the verbiage of does the because Iron Credit says each time a friendly unit in short range gains. So the the keyword is gains. Um, that now a lot of the effects of pillage uh, either say gain. Or place. Now the question is: Is does that mean that it need the effect needs to say gain, and or do you need to gain it through um, the base effect of of pillage or whatever it's called now? Um, Raiders of the Iron Islands. Yep. That. Uh, do you need to um, do it that way? Because um, does pl- the word place? Uh, take away, um, take away the giving this uh, attachment in order. Now, my initial thought was, no, I think it should just, you know. So if you're talking from a uh, like just a rules as written standpoint, I think it's too ambiguous to rule one way or the other, because. Uh, there's plenty of things that aren't all the same exact words that still work. There's nothing in the rules that says it has to say the exact same thing. You could say that 
you know, you could argue that uh, placing a token is still gaining something because they now have something never they didn't have before. So they have met the requirements of the definition of gain. But then there's, you know, the possibility that uh, it needs to actually say the word gain in it. Um, and anyways, my initial standpoint was, well, yeah, it doesn't. I think it doesn't really matter, and I think that, you know, it probably just works either way. But I'm giving Simon the benefit of the doubt after talking about some of the combos that could be used, because uh, I think the biggest ability that um, does not say gain, it says place, is divide the spoils. Uh, you may remove one pillage token from this unit and place one pillage token on one friendly house Greyjoy unit in short range of them. Uh, divide the spoils with Euron attachment, which uh, one point attachment, which lets you start the game with two pillage. Uh, I have this in a bunch of lists. I have two bowmen, one with Euron. I literally could have a sun, uh, Sunset Seabrave in between them, uh, start of a turn, uh, pass uh, the one pillage from Euron Bowman to other Bowman, give them an order token. And then, uh, that's the start of my turn. Now at the start of your turn, that Bowman is now going to pass it back to Euron. That sun, uh, Sunset Seabrave now has two order tokens first round, start of second round, or sorry, yeah, second round, so the next uh, round turn, um, or turn, or we'll say round two, uh, again, two, immediately. And that's just from Euron passing a, a, a pillage back and forth if you can, if you're allowed to do it. And if that's the case, I mean, you're going to have so many tokens on this unit that uh, you're going to get both effects every time it attacks. Like, like no question, because then that's just Euron. Uh, anything else that will let you gain pillage, either naturally or other effects, like uh, um, uh, rating call. Rating call. Acceptable sacrifices, uh, I saw, also have it. Acceptable sacrifices, I think uh, I'm Eric, sure there's others. Um, MCU. Uh, I thought he said place. Oh, I was naming place. Oh, that's place, yeah. <laughs> Acceptable sacrifices uh, says gain. So I think the difference between, if I'm thinking about it now, I think the difference between place and gain is dependent on where the pillage is coming from. So if the pillage is coming from a source where the pillage already exists, place. If it's coming so. from a source where the pillage does not exist yet, because there is no rule that says place a bunch of pillage in a pile and that is your pot of pillage, so I think that is probably where the verbiage comes between gain and place, which saying that out loud almost lends me to think that uh, it's intentional. maybe there, yeah, there is no difference between place and gain other than the fact that they're telling you to physically get more pillage from your, your token pile. Um, but, I think that just makes, in my opinion, everyone, you know, we did that show on Greyjoys uh, a while back, though I think it was like our last show, is, you know, of the new update for Greyjoys. I think Euron and Bowman is basically an automatic, like an auto-include, or at least like, you know, 90% of the time auto-include uh, 
combo. Uh, I can't tell you how how uh, priceless it is to get two pillage right away on two units so that they're that much closer to having two uh, pillage right away. Now the fact that you can combo it with this guy, you uh, you know, it, it gives it even more reason to want to run it. And I think with that combo in mind, this guy is easily worth one point. Now with that said, um, without that combo, let's say that combo doesn't work, I don't know if I really care for this guy for one point when you have something like the War Sworn for one point, you have Theon Attachment for one point, Euron Attachment for one point, uh, who else just went to one point? Uh, even just Asha with Iron Resolve and Warcry, or uh, Baylor with uh, Boldness and Courage and Unyielding. Um, I think all of them are easily better than this guy because they start working immediately uh, with a lot more um, benefit. Now, there is something to say about it, putting this guy in the Stony Shore pillagers. But even then, like you were saying, uh, Spence, that if you put a Warsworn in the Stony Shore pillagers, I think I'd much uh, be much more afraid of that than I would be of the the Brave being in them. But with that, I'll, I'll kind of let you uh, fill in the gaps or add anything I, I, for, I didn't mention. Yeah, on the whole, I would agree. I, I just don't feel like this attachment brings a whole lot of power uh, compared to some of the other one-point attachments that the faction already has. I do find it amusing that this is kind of a better version of their card Iron Price <laughs> for one point. It does two of the three abilities Iron Price tries to do from expending Pillage by just saying, oh, now you have Order Tokens instead to use of actual pillage. So find that slightly amusing, but yes, in general, <laughs> I would say this attachment's not likely to see a lot of play solely because they, uh, Greyjoys honestly have a strong, strong amount of one point attachments already that you would take over this. Yep. Combo puts him right in the mix, you know, with the rest of the one points, but without the combo, you know, I just can't see myself running this guy. Um, and, you know, you bring up the Iron Price, but, I mean, that's that's arguably the newest, worst card in the game. Um, and it's funny because I think uh, simply just making it be... Uh, it wouldn't make it, like, the best thing ever, but I think it's a very simple change. I might have mentioned it already in the last show, but the Iron Price, you just change it to be you get one effect of the three automatically, and you get one additional effect based on however many pillage you extend, uh, expend. So if you spend both pillage, um, you now get all three. Uh, and you'll be more inclined to only spend one um, because by expending one, you'll get two abilities, and there's a good chance you could just get that pillage back. I believe um, the card as is, you can only spend one. You can't even expend two. That's what I mean. That's, I'm saying like you would change it to be that get one automatically and you can expend up to two. But yeah, right now it's literally you get nothing unless you spend exactly one to get exactly one ability. Like I don't, it boggles my mind how that is, you know, even, you know, like, I don't know, for me, 
I've played quite a bit of Greyjoys since their update, and I'm loving them. But that card, I've used it exactly two times. And both those times was just to take away, I believe, a token so that I wasn't weakened. So, that, uh, so I had a better chance of just getting the token that I spent, or the pillage I spent, right back. Um, and that's it. Otherwise, I've ditched this, the iron price like every single time because it's just, you know, the fact that you have to spend a pillage to get one of those abilities, and only one, is crazy to me. But anyways, that's not really necessarily a topic for tonight, but still wanted to kind of throw it out there. Um, so overall, uh, this guy, not really like super excited for, even with that combo. I think it, I think that combo is like not broken by any means, um, but it could be really good. Let's say like uh, him in some silencemen, so that way you could almost ensure that your silencemen are never weakened and always throwing seven or eight dice uh, is could be really good. Um, so. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're at eight dice and that highest attack die, you're already at highest attack die. So, but still, regardless, I think outside of uh, that combo, uh, and even with that combo, he's just you know he's all right. I'll still play him, try him out, and whatnot. But I'm excited for the Stony Shore Pillagers. Did you have uh, anything you wanted to add? You still there? Yeah, so, sorry, what? <laughs> I, I was just saying, is there any, any last thing you wanted to add before we moved on to the next? No, I think we've basically, we've covered this unit pretty good. Or this right. attachment. New revealed stuff. Uh, let me just pull it up real quick. Is the Dark Star Retinue. Um, so, ever, uh, Outside of Greyjoys, my next, uh, or, you know, my other main faction is Martell's, really just because of the Red Viper. Red Viper is my favorite uh, character in the books and the show. Um, I love the actor uh, that plays him. So when they came out, I was super excited. This, uh, I don't know a whole lot about the Dark Star and uh, you know that whole like house and faction, like sub faction or whatever you want to call them. Um, mostly because I'm only so far through the books, like through book three. I don't think they start becoming a thing until book four. Uh, anyways, I'll point out something that you know Spencer's like gone crazy about ever since, and that's the fact that this unit does not require Dark Star at all let alone in his in the unit. How? Um, How can yeah. a unit be called Dark Star Retinue? And the first line of its description says it's a personal guard of Dark Star. <laughs> yeah. Um so the unit uh has no re uh restrictions. It's seven points, so there you can have as many of these guys as you want, as is, or like at currently, unless something changes. So you can have as many as you want for seven points. They are a six move. Their melee is seven, six, four, with, uh, hitting on threes. Defense is five. 
Morales 5. They have the abilities uh, Critical Blow, Fueled by Slaughter, and Overrun Order. Um, personally, I just can't see this unit really being played much at all. Uh, at seven points, I mean, you're you're talking about uh, not only Bastard Girls and uh, um, the Golden Company Swordsmen in the neutral options, but you're talking about uh, taking these guys over Royal Guard and even Skirmishers. Uh, and I think both are clearly better. The only thing, in my opinion, even making this... Uh, this unit even remotely uh, in the category is the field by slaughter. Uh, but being this weak uh, defensively, that field by slaughter might not save you enough, fa or save you fast enough in a faction that doesn't heal a whole lot. Um, combined it with some of the other healing stuff, like the rally cry from the uh, uh, outriders and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I personally think these guys are way too expensive, um, especially if, uh, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I've already kind of mentioned this to Spencer. I think personally they should be six points, must have Dark Star in the unit, meaning they would become a limit one. I would even just take Overrun out, and then you put in, like, Swift Strike. Uh, and then I think that makes them very competitive to the other um, six-pointer uh, honor guard units because um, that swift strike with the field by slaughter and crit blow um, you know it's overrun uh, is so situational it's one of those abilities that like it could be game-changing or it could never pop off in an entire game which you know all the time I run you know between uh, who is it uh, Great John, uh, Umber, and uh, Victorian Commanders, I think both have it. And the number of times I've been able to trigger that order, like, I don't know, in in the single digits over years of playing them. Uh, so uh, I would, you know, I personally would just take over and out, so that way you have space on the card and just add, like, Swift Strike. I think Swift Strike would be a really cool ability. Uh, and unless you're running Dark Star Attachment and in uh, an, uh, a, what's his name, Harmon, you know, you wouldn't even have to worry, of, unless you do that specific combo, you wouldn't have to worry about, like, Swift Strike mixed with uh, uh, Set for Charge or nothing, um, in which case, you know, you only have, you can only do it twice. They can't recur Set for Charge over and over, so they can only do it twice. Um, and that's if they draw them. That's if they would want to use it on this unit. But I will say one combo that maybe could work. You put some cool attachment in them. I don't even know. But you then add, uh, or you don't You don't even necessarily have to put attachment outside of giving them the outflank. Because overrun with outflank could be huge. Because instead of trying to go for that, uh, that rear charge with the outflank, you just go for a... Uh, um, a flank charge, you can try to kill that unit because now you're in the flank, you're facing the rest of their force. Getting that overrun off will be a lot easier because you're going to see a lot more and you just go down the line, uh, hopefully disrupting them a lot. 
Now, with that said, you're looking at eight plus points for that because one for the outflank and then whatever else you decide to put in there. Now, granted, you can put your commander. That way it is only eight points, but I digress. Um, all right, what do you think? All right, so I'm going to agree. I think it's slightly too overcosted. I had different ways of changing it, though. Though I agree, I think it should go to six points, be Dark Star restricted. But the two ideas I had actually were either A, those guys look like they're pretty well armored. So it should probably be a four up armor unit. Also, uh, the picture's not very clear. And honestly, I haven't seen the models themselves. That looks like a really big sword that he's actually holding, not a scimitar. Which makes me think more of they should have thundering for a great sword, not critical blow. And especially in a faction that honestly has a lot of ways of getting critical blow. It has two commanders with reckless strikes. It has a uh, an attachment, or uh, not an attachment, an NCU Nymera that gives critical blow to infantry units. Like, critical blow is not, it, it gets redundant once you have it. And not to mention... If you restrict it to Darkstar and put it in Darkstar Commander, Darkstar Commander has has uh, reckless strikes for critical blow and precision. So you can't even like combo it with with his own card if you were to do that. Um, this unit does feel overcosted to me. I agree, six points, and to me, it's either change the uh, keyword to Sundering for a great sword based on the model, or based on the model, give it a four up armor. So that it has a little more survivability and doesn't take as much damage, meaning it'll stick around to use the fuel by slaughter. Uh, currently, as is, ironically and not surprisingly, I only have them set up to be in Dark Star's commander unit, <laughs> his bunker, because <laughs> I think he works really well with boldness and courage and martial training in this unit. Um, that's my spot to put him in for right now. Uh, you could put him in some of the other commanders, but. It's, it's the unit feels a little overcosted. I I do think overrun can be very interesting, and it it is overrun is a polarizing ability or card because it's only been a card up till now. I think it's either it doesn't you know the unit dies or it can't kill the unit it got engaged with and it struggles. Which ability? Overrun. I don't uh, think a unit I was has it yet. Great John. Oh, a unit. Oh, yeah, great job. But a unit... Great John and Victorian. Yeah, and then uh, it has cards for a couple of factions. Um, yep. The issue I have is I go, it's either great because it's working, and you kill, you know, you picked a good soft target, killed it and overran, got an overrun, or got a lucky, just really good dice attack with poor defense saves and, and push through. When it works, though, it's... It's almost game-changing when it works. The problem is it's so hard to actually get it to work. But, yeah, I'm, I don't mind it. Two issues I have is no Dark Star requirement, the armor feels off based on the model, and the scimitar feels wrong for critical blow with a sword that looks that massive in his hands. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, yes, the unit's probably overcosted. It'll probably need an update to actually work properly, or not properly, but work better as intended. Uh, unfortunately, on release, so I think it's going to be a little underwhelming. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm hoping that uh, maybe there's something 
not uh, seeing, but you know, I don't know if I see myself running this unit uh, more than like once or twice to just try them out, because uh, I like to make sure I try everything out at least at least once or twice uh, to give it a fair shake. But there's only you can only play so many games, and since I play every faction, it's it's hard to do it. May, you know, maybe more than once or twice. All right, so. That wraps up all the new units, uh, and we're going to close out by just briefly mentioning and speculating on the uh, leaked uh, or posted, I don't know if it's necessarily a leak, um, uh, a reveal, we'll call it, of what they revealed at the CMON 2023 Game Expo in uh, Thailand, and uh, uh, I don't know what the, the picture's cut off, but in Thailand and some other place. Um, but it is A Song of Ice and Fire Tactics. Now, based on the looks of the two pictures, um, it looks like, I don't know, uh, the more closer I look at it, it almost looks like it might be a, I don't know, it could be a board game in the sense of it's still going to, it looks like it still might use like the same miniature size and scale of uh Ice and Fire miniatures. It looks like it's taking place the Battle of the Trident. Uh, so you got uh, um, Robert uh, Baratheon full armor on his steed, um, and they have a picture of a huge dragon. So uh, Luke uh, on Discord, uh, Hartman, he had pointed out that with there a big dragon being present, that it's very unlikely that it's um, only Battle of the Trident era. I think that it might just, you know, it might have a, a handful of eras be for show, like something really cool to wow people and, you know, make them be like, man, this looks awesome. I got to, uh, you know, buy it. Now the question is, what kind of game is it? Is it a true skirmish uh, game? Is it... Um, is it more like a board game slash skirmish game? Uh, don't know. Um, literally all I got was a couple pictures, and I think that's all anyone really got. I'm hoping over the course of the next couple of days a lot more will come out about it. Maybe Simon uh, will put out a uh, article uh, talking about exactly what uh, Song of Ice Fire Tactics is. Um, but I'm excited. Um, I don't know how much time I'll have to play another game, even if it is basically the same realm as Ice and Fire, you know, the uh, miniature game. But either way, I'm still excited. Also, the big question is, is a lot of the models that we currently have going to be uh, compatible? Um, because that, I think, would help a ton with getting people to try it out. Uh, what's your thoughts? Uh pretty much the same. I am intrigued, uh, but I'm mostly intrigued of how, is it compatible with our current game, because I really want me Baratheon, or Robert Baratheon. I've wanted him since <laughs> the game started, because I'm a Baratheon main. Uh, and, and just Robert Baratheon is, you know, the real Baratheon. The, the, the other two are just kind of guys. Um <laughs> So I would love it to be compatible somehow and have compatible rules. Um, 
but we won't know until it's released and it's discussed. And but I, I, even on its own, even if it's not compatible, I'm intrigued enough to try it. Uh, so I'm more of a in a wait and see situation. Yep, same. Uh, now that I think about it, this might be a great question for Adam uh, when he comes on the show. I do not know, nor do I promise anything, but I don't know if he can even talk about it. Um, so, but I will definitely ask him. Uh, uh, mess I'll probably message him and ask him if he can talk about it. If not, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we all kind of have like restrictions like that within the job, but I will definitely uh, do my best to ask and. Uh, you know, so stay tuned for that episode in case uh, in case he's able to shed some light on the Song of Ice and Fire tactics. Um, also, you know, once I get, uh, I'll probably email him or, or message him tomorrow to confirm for Wednesday. And if he uh, if he's confirmed for Wednesday, stay tuned uh, to our Facebook page. I'll probably post uh, put a post on there. And then if you want me to ask Adam something. Uh, uh, post a comment on that um, and I will compile a list. I'll send them to Adam, see what he can answer um, and uh, that way we can get as many uh, answers for you guys of things that uh, you're curious about. Now, I will definitely say keep it respective. Um, I know there's certain things about the game that a lot of people are you know, uh, not too happy with, whether it be like shipping or like product getting somewhere or you know, the lack of a product, or even just the updates, the frequencies of them, and this and that. Uh, we all kind of have our own opinions on that, whether or not uh, it's too often or not often enough. So be respectful um, and try to try to find genuine questions, uh, um, you know, with, uh, you know, constructive, uh, you know, means behind them. Um, but with that said, uh Spencer, is there any like shout outs or any last uh, things that you wanted to mention? Uh just thanks for having me on the show and uh we'll see if we can do it again soon. Yep. Uh I think I'm thinking Fridays uh will be the kind of the new day that we do them uh with like Saturday or Sunday being a backup um, cuz that's just me and Spencer seem to be the most free uh of the co-hosts um and uh, those are the days that are easiest for us. Um, we might do, uh, me and Brett, when when available, might do it more at night on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Uh, but we'll see. Um, again, I know I've said this in the past. I think I said it twice before. But I definitely want to get back to once a week for you guys. Um, um, with everything going on, it was just very, very hard. Because uh, not only during... Um, Everything that happened was happening. Uh, my work was kind of demanding a little extra of me. Um, what Not like too much, but enough that between everything going on and then my work, I just, I was busy every single day, basically from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. I think for the last uh, 18 days outside of uh, uh, this weekend, um, it was nonstop. I I didn't even have time to myself. Uh, I was just running everywhere, whether it be for work or the kids. Um, so I do appreciate everyone's patience. I want you to know that it has nothing to do with me getting out of the game. Uh, as Spencer can probably attest, I have you know probably spent more money in this game than 
you know, 99.9% of people out there. Uh, I am fully invested and excited for the game. Still playing as much as, you know, my uh, schedule uh, will let me. So definitely stay tuned, uh, and I'll be... I'll be here to provide uh, all the content that I can. Also, I'll probably post tonight um, uh, in, on our Facebook page. I'm looking for topics you guys are interested in, um, whether or not you're still interested in us going back and trying to cover all the updated factions, uh, the changes to them. Uh, and Perhaps then just, maybe not a review or more of a review of the update for each faction and just going like, okay, since the update, how are they doing? How did the updates improve or, yep. you know, hurt the faction? Something along Could those lines, maybe? Could even be like maybe? that. Yeah, because we've, uh, we've played a handful of all the new stuff that uh, I think it would be more of a not initial impressions, but just uh, what we, how we think it's kind of affected the game and um, and how we think it has panned out. But even if you guys feel like you want us to re-talk about any topics, because um, I know we have a very long list of episodes. Um, just to check here real quick. Uh, the episodes we have. Where are they? I think like 165 episodes. So, I mean, and some of those are really old that are not just talking about what was relevant at that time. Um, you know, like, let's say, talking about Starks as it pertains to 1.6, but even just, like, uh, tactics and how to do certain things. Um, now, if it's been a long time since we've covered it, then I'll definitely uh, consider throwing it into the rotation to talk about. But at this point, you know, we've kind of been out of the game uh, of podcasts for a while now that, um, you know, I'm open to pretty much any topics, uh, you know, to kind of start back in and getting those weekly videos out for you. So, all right. With that said, again, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate everyone that listens in and provides their support uh, and, you know, shares out our show. That is the number one thing you can do to help us out, uh, just uh, exposure, letting everyone know about us, um, and, uh, you know, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. With that said, this is the Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed. still here.